We should do a Halloween show and call it the Bookish show. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll play last night. Boo, boo. All right. <laughs> Come on, Jake. It's only your life. Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? You making love to that mic. You making love. It's all up on me. <laughs> you making love to that mic. Ooh. Ooh, I hope you're, you know, feeling good because we're feeling extra good. Welcome to the Brackish Podcast. We are your hosts. Cliff. And Knock. And we're here to tell you great stories about uh, the great city of New Orleans and uh, the great state of Louisiana. It's feeling good. It's kind of chilly out here. And dark. It's like the podcast after dark. It's spooky season. Yeah. It's very, it's it's bookish outside. Because <laughs> it's my fault. I was two hours late uh, getting here. But that's all right. Absurd. It, it is absurd. It's okay. I kind of like it. This is at night. We got lights going. Mm-hmm. We got Halloween decorations. It feels great. It's got to be like 68 degrees. Uh, this is wonderful. It was uh, on the right here. It said 66 degrees. Cool. Wonderful. Well, if, if, if you stayed with us this long, uh, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. If you'd like to talk to us, uh, we're at uh, many different social media platforms. Uh, uh, the Brackish Podcast at Gmail. Uh, we're on Facebook. The Brackish Podcast. Yes. Instagram. Help me with that one. That's at the underscore brackish underscore podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're also on Twitter, which is Twitter. Yes. In the past tense. It is. And oh, is that how you say it? I twat it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You never said that? Like, nobody's ever, nobody's ever told me, like, don't twat that. Yeah. You shouldn't have twat that. Yeah. Okay. Twat was that. So, yeah, we're on Twitter as well at brackish podcast. At brackish podcast. Too many characters. So if you want to talk to us, uh, that's the way to get with us. Uh, last time we told you some maybe uh, some current events uh, in New Orleans, but this time we're going to tell you about something that happened uh, way back in 1811. Ooh. Yes. Dang. 200 yeah. years ago. 200 years ago, uh, certainly. And it actually uh, should have put New Orleans and Louisiana on the map. Sort of say literally, uh, literally, like, hey, uh, oh, this uprising just happened. We should probably uh, look at this. This was a, a lot of people involved in this, and there's a lot of people dead. One year before the War of 1812. Yes, yes, yes. That's actually uh, one reason for the uh, actual uprising. Mm. Uh, today we are going to tell you about the German coast. Heinz. Uprising of Louisiana, of New Orleans. So, what do you think? Yeah, you're already going Heinz fighting. <laughs> when I think German, I think Diane Kruger because when I saw her for the first time in Troy. Yeah. Remember that? I don't she know was, who Diane Kruger is. She was Helen of Sparta and she was about, I was about 16, she was about 24. And I was like, <laughs> woo, rustled some jimmies. She's an so, actress. Okay, so she's an actress that played Helena Troy. From she's German. Oh, she's German. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's what I Diane Kruger. A lot of people think of Hasselhoff. And let me tell you, he was born in the United States. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, well, his parent, he's had German descent. Oh. But he's huge I never in thought. Germany. Yeah, I never thought he was German, though. I mean, Hasselhoff? Yeah, but I still thought he was American. I just blood. figured he's huge. In, I mean, he's huge in Germany, so I figured he like, you know, set up shop there. I guess he just had so much swag in Baywatch. I never even for once thought, oh, that guy's German for sure. Yeah, God, what a chest. Yes, uh, but the German coast in Louisiana is uh, on the Mississippi River. It's about forty miles upriver from New Orleans. Uh, and it's what you would modern day call St. Charles uh, and the little uh, Destrahan area. Bonneville, yeah, yeah. All that area is where we are. The river are. parishes. The river parishes. Yes. All right. Uh, actually, it's uh, Des Almonds. Do you know that city? You ever yes, heard of it? Yes, I've been there. Do you know what it means? The Almonds. No, it means the Germans. Oh. So way in the day all right uh some germans came to louisiana in new orleans uh you know just north of new orleans and said this is where we're gonna set up shop uh it was a german company much like the west indies company uh they set up shop and they set up a settlement here they had germans that lived there and worked there and they made a town right sounds french but there's almonds yeah uh but that's the thing the french Knew them as those Germans mm. over there. So that's why they called it the Germans. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So that's where we're at. Okay. The Germans. And so this company at the time uh, before, you know, much earlier than 1811. All right. The company that settled there went bankrupt. So all the people that lived there still live there. They just, you know, were no longer indentured servants to this company. So they just started living as living like the land. free folk. Uh, and then uh, as time went on, uh, people came in and they started to make plantations, uh, started to have a lot of slaves on these plantations. Uh, and this is when we're coming to a powder keg of uh, cruelty, inhumanity, and people wanting their freedom right here mm. in Louisiana. Uh, gotcha. So... Let me tell you about the, uh, the the context of what's going on at the time. About uh, you know, 15, 20 years old earlier was the Haitian Revolution, where the Haitian slaves actually overthrew the country and were successful in overthrowing the country, and they were free. The 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 slaves who outnumbered uh, the white people there, they were free. And so now this is in the the minds of people. Who were slaves? If you were, you know, put yourself in the shoes of somebody like that, you would fight for your freedom to the absolutely to the end. Yes. Yeah. Who wants to be a slave? No one. No one. And so, this group of slaves that we're now going to go back to 1811 are led by a guy named Charles Lalonde. Charles Lalonde is a half white, half black. He is a slave but he is a slave driver. He's an overseer of the land. His father was a plantation owner. His mother was an African slave. Whoa. Right. So Charles Lalonde is the overseer at the 
Andre Plantation. Ooh, dirty. Oh, that was a four-wheeler. Nice. You know, I just want to tell everyone, it doesn't matter when we do this damn thing. It can be 6.30 or 8.30. Right. Freaking four-wheelers and ninja bikes are just rolling down. That's that sounds like a lot of farts. Yeah. Okay. It's heavy. It was. It was heavy. All right. So Charles Alon, uh, he's been a slave since uh, he was a child. All right. And what's happening at this time, it is January 8th. 1811. And that kind of struck a chord with me. This one, this uprising happened. That's my birthday. January, yes, January 8th. All right. So I thought, you know, hey, look into this. It's crazy. Around this time was when carnival season was kicking off in New Orleans and all along the river parishes. So if you were the elite at that time, just like Mardi Gras carnival. Mardi Gras this, carnival. This, so that, yeah. So. so Back in that day, just think about those parties that they would throw at these plant, lot of at these plantation houses. People would just get drunk, smashed. They go to masquerade balls. You've been, to, you know, have you ever been to a masquerade ball? I refuse. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know. I'm either like full, like tuxedo, like looking good, or dressed up in a Halloween costume. I can't do both. You can't go, uh, yeah, you can't mix. I know we like to mix it up here. Max Gray Ball sounds like a perfect place for us. It does. Maybe I should try it one time. You should try it. You should. Uh, I've never been to a masquerade ball. I'm just I've never have either. Just yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we got a lot of, you know, balls and extra galas and events that we have here in New Orleans, especially during, especially during Mardi Gras. Yeah. Okay. And guess who knew that? The slaves. The slaves knew that. So they were starting an uprising. So Charles Lalonde was the most loyal of slave drivers that there were at the time, even though his master, uh, Manuel Andre, was one of the cruelest, cruelest uh, that whipped. All right. Hmm. But all this time, Lalonde was just like a sleeper cell, dude. And so he was just plotting. Oh, in the background. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do that, sir. Of Gathering course, sir. people. Of course, sir. Yeah. Gathering his little bit of army. If anyone Letting can relate know. to like nowadays, like if you watch The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. You've seen that she's starting to gather her own little crew behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But can, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, no. Uh, and what I'm about to tell you about the uprising, German Coast Uprising, is that you know about like Nat Turner, that uprising, right? Sounds familiar. Nat Turner, John Brown. Remember him? Yes. Remember learning about him? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. These are not even close to the numbers that Charles Lalonde had uh, in trying to overthrow the government here in New Orleans. His idea was starting a African-made, African-protected, African-kept black society along the Mississippi River. That was his end goal. Interesting. Yes. So all this time, he was saying, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. I definitely will, you know, be your slave no matter what. I'm your loyal servant no matter what. Yeah, he never gave any hints. He never. Was every, the day-to-day operations were, there was no hint of anything, no hint that he hated what he did. 
Right. He kept a straight face. Right. So his master, Mr. Andre, was the militia, one of the militia leaders. So he had an armory on his farm, his plantation. Uh, and he lived at the plantation with his son, Gilbert Andre, as well. Uh, and no one ever says if there's like kids or children at this plantation. Uh, but we do, no one ever says that kids or children were killed by the slave uprising. Well, that's good. So it's January 8th, 1811. It's raining. It's carnival season. The slaves know that tomorrow their masters and their masters' friends and the guys in the militia they're not going to be around, all right? And the other army that's there to protect the people are actually fighting in another war right now. And so the, the governor, Claiborne, has just taken away the entire army and posted them up in Baton Rouge. Dang. So Charles knows at this time he's got 25 guys with him and he's sneaking in the back door of Manuel Andrews' plantation. Ooh. And that is where we're we'll take our first break on the Brackish Spot. Damn it. Back to the fucking... All right, uh, we're going to... Actually, I am, knock. I'm going to apologize to everyone uh, right here, right now. I've been calling uh, this gentleman Charles Lalonde. His name is Charles Dalon. That is capital D. Capital D. Dalon. E-S. Yes. L-O-N-D-E-S. So just think about dead almonds. Yes, there's almonds. Delondons. Yeah. All right. So Delon. All right, he is the main character of our story. All right, he is the freedom fighter. He is the William Wallace. He is the maverick. Ah, yes. He is the guy that is leading the fight for freedom. Uh, he is only 22 years old, around 21, 22 years old around this time. He was born in Haiti. Um, and, you know, for some reason... And no one really knows. Obviously, I think it's his freedom, but no, I think I, what you're getting at is why hasn't why Clef Jean sang a song about him? That's true. Yeah, why? Definitely. For some reason, yeah, it hasn't happened. Um, anyway, there's a lot of like uh, theories to that that you keep bringing up. But honestly, I mean, we've lived here, and I've never it even happened on my birthday, and I've never heard of this story. No, you know about these. Uh, heroes, let's call them heroes, man. They were fighting for not just their freedom, but every slave around them freedom. They were fighting. And what do you know? People are revolting against the government. Yes. Does that sound familiar? Yes. So Delon, Charles Delon, he is leading a band of about twenty-five, just twenty-five slaves at this time. Okay. Uh, to give you some reference to that, twenty-five slaves comparison to Nat Turner. Nat Turner had about 35 slaves. Uh, John Brown, not sure about how many slaves were revolting in that uprising. Uh, but the 25 that Charles has at the beginning, when he's going in the back door of Manuel Andre's plantation, uh, will soon grow 
much larger than 25. So he's going in the back door of Manuel Andre's plantation and they walk up the staircase armed with axes, picks, knives, things that they had, you know, as tools, you know, now they're coming. I'm picturing this yeah. like at night. Yes. At night. Knows. It's raining. Pitter patter, pitter patter. <sighs> you don't really know if that was a door opening or just like something hitting the window. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and these guys are ready for blood. So they walk up the staircase and Manuel hears them coming. So he wakes up and he's like, Whoa, what the? All right. And he jumps through them. He knows I can't go backward for sure because I can't jump off my second story plantation and think that my self is going to make it. So it's just Manuel. It's just Manuel and, his, and Gilbert. Yes. Son. So two, two against 25. 25, right? Sure. So. Uh, Delon is in Manuel's room. Uh, and now you have to understand that to Manuel, Mr. Andrew, he's thinking, hey, whoa, you were my, like, boy. You were my number one guy. Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. All right? But he's got the wits, like, all right, I'm going to try to get through him. They like got me like cornering, but I know if I get through them and down the staircase, I got a chance. So he's going like gauntlet style. Yeah, he red rover, red rover. <laughs> Manuel coming through, and guess what? Manuel gets through, but he gets sliced up a little Ooh. bit. Right? Uh, Manuel gets out. We don't know if Manuel sees this or not. Some people probably just speculate this. I'm getting a lot of this uh, research from research I did about a book by Daniel Rasmussen, okay? Danny. American Uprising is the book. All right. So we don't know if he sees this or not, but Daniel says that Manuel sees this. His son getting a hatchet and an ax through the head. Ooh, Jason style. Yep. Axeman style. Axeman style. Manuel beats everybody down the staircase and he's out the door, and he's running. Yeah, see, I would have to go with... You said Daniel said he did see it? Daniel said Daniel that Manuel... Daniel said he did. Daniel said Manuel uh, did. The only... He saw his son Gilbert. Gilbert. So this is the only... What I'm thinking is how he saw it is if he was going through said gauntlet first, because he wasn't going to let the, the son yeah. Gilbert uh-huh. go through. No, Gilbert and him were in different rooms. So imagine running so out of the got room. So he run like caught up to where he was like turning, like got turned around while he was trying to get through, like while he was getting sliced and must have saw like a whop. Yeah, and man. then like got spun around and then That's what the I found hard to believe. If I'm running out of a house full of people with picks at me, I don't think I'm looking for nothing but the door. I'm not going to be like. It's, it's amazing that he didn't like yell at Gilbert to come in the room and they freaking took their chances out of a window and jumped on to No, the... but they probably had the other six in that room that could fit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, it was probably like, okay, we don't all 25 need to go up there. You know, we'll take the first round. You know? Oh, like they just sent a couple upstairs and everybody yeah. was downstairs. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they still could have. I would have taken my chances. But yeah, that's it. Doesn't I don't understand how Manuel got out. But Manuel got out. Okay, and that might have been the, like, you know, it's definitely gonna foreshadow. I'm foreshadowing. It's definitely gonna haunt them, because they should have got Manuel. Because you don't get man. If you get Manuel, you got more time before everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, the guy's wounded. You gotta chase after him. Yeah. Well, Gilbert dies. Manuel doesn't. All right. So one white person killed in this uh, slaughter. Gotcha. Or in this uprising. One white man killed in this uprising. All right. So DeLon and his group, they say, hey, spread the word. We we gathering up and we just raided his militia armory and we got not only guns now. So he's saying spread the word that this is happening now. It's going down. Everybody revolt against yes. your owner. DeLond is on a horse now, and he's like leading an army of men, in a sense. He knows how to lead men, right? Because he's been an overseer for his entire you know, adult life, I guess. And so now he's leading men. He's leading men, telling them, go find the other slaves and let them know it's going down. And we also got uniforms. So we're a militia. And we are going to free the German coast. And we're going to march to New Orleans. We're marching to New Orleans. And we're going to gather up every slave at every plantation. And we're marching to New Orleans. And we're going to set us free. You know who knew about this story? Who's that? George R.R. R. Martin. That son of a bitch. Freaking Game of Thrones. He stole it? Have you... Just think about it. Who was the leader of slaves that went to all these oh, cities and freedom. and freedom and said, come fight for me yeah. as a free person? Right. Mrs. Daenerys. Oh, you're right. Danny. So at least we should try to have. Yeah. We should try to have George on. Yeah. Let's talk to him about great. it. Like, did you not know this? Yeah. Because yeah, it kind of seems like you did. You did. You did. So what we should do is just take these stories and make our own, write our own books. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what we're doing, in a sense. Yeah. We're writing our own books. Someone's going to write about us. It may not be good <laughs> at all. Meaning it may not be good reviews. But right. we don't care. That's not a that's not in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> we only think positive here. Oh, my friend, my friend. Okay. So Charles uh, spreads the word, and guess what? Word spreads hot and quick, and they are marching down River Road, picking up plantations. Like are they so they're slaving, so those do the slaves at this time when they're picking them up, are they have I have they already taken yeah. down the masters so it's kind of like yeah uh, sat, sat, and then there was also like this is what was also kind of different about this uprising the slaves like the lawn that were loyal they knew word too they would tell their masters something is coming y'all should leave and most of them did run away oh, to the woods so they and most courteous. of them they were and they ran away to new orleans okay we there was this story about one guy who had he told his kids, I can't remember his name, but he told his kids, this was something I read about this, and his wife to go in the woods behind and go, you know, hide. And they did, and they were safe. Uh, but I'm going to stay here and, like, 
protect my land. So all of his slaves like left and went and joined this uh, uprising that was marching down River Road toward New Orleans because they're gonna free everybody. And he was on his front porch and he had a shotgun and he had a bunch of ammo, all right? And it was boop, boop. And they said that all the slaves did were like, throw some fists at him, be like, whoa, we gonna come back. And they left him. <laughs> so nice. he protected his, his land with his shotgun. And the slaves were like, you're not even worth it, dude. We go. Yeah, but, but they weren't even, this seems to me like they weren't even worried about land. They were just wanting to go. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to start a government. They didn't. They were not worried about the land. They were going to take it by force. Yeah. Because it, they outnumbered the whites there. Yeah. Like for almost like four or five to one. So they knew they had the numbers. Uh, they didn't have the firepower for certain. Uh, so yeah, they only had. handled with that stuff for the owner right so delon knew that some of these slaves uh actually did were in like civil wars in africa so they didn't know how to shoot rifles and stuff but not a lot of them so that's why they were carrying picks and stuff and they were saying freedom or death freedom or death it's amazing to me that they actually listened i would think that the cockiness of them of these masters so to speak would have been like what are you talking about Oh. You're not taking anything from me. <laughs> and a matter of fact, I'm going to tell all my friends. Because you, you think, like, that's a that's kind of a tricky situation. Because if you tell him and he talks back, it's almost like you got to be like, well, I was going to I was gonna let you live. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, take him right there because you don't want a word of mouth to spread. Then all of a sudden they're going to – not that you said they were outnumbered. But if you're outnumbered, that's fine. But – if you're a wealthy landowner, somehow, some way, tells me that they could get the word out, and all of a sudden, here comes well, this is people from out of like from New Orleans, like coming to aid them, is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, you're getting at something good. You're getting at something real good, because even though the army was gone, like what they knew they had in numbers were farmers and plantation owners, and if they got together then they would maybe, with the, the help of the local, you know, couple militia that they could join, and if they could join in, up in a certain time in front, they might be able to, like, because they knew, they knew exactly where they were going. That was maybe DeLon's first bad thing. Yeah. He probably shouldn't be, like, screaming where he's going the entire way. We gonna go to hell. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're not. That's, That's just... one military, like, no, no. Like, don't yeah. tell your guy where you're going. Yeah, you think they'd walk in silence. Well, you know, uh, that was one thing that uh, everybody says they did not do. They were drumming, you know, like, they were in a formation of, like, a marching army. And they scared, that scared the shit. They were a, drumming? Yeah, drumming. Like, uh, marching. So like a real, like an actual army back. Yes, like an actual, wow, there's nothing but slaves with weapons marching toward New Orleans, guys, and they look like an army, and they're getting bigger. Maybe that was his deal, was I want to look like another force, because it, to me, if you have your army and you're looking for as much manpower, women, whoever was fighting with them, I don't know if it, women fought with them, but... You think there you just were say, there were some instances of some women that were with him. But I'm saying you I would did, you would I think did read that. 
I can't waste numbers on drums. We just gotta roll. Like everyone gets a weapon. No, you. But you also need morale, man. You gotta like keep that up on a march. Oh, I would try to do that like at night, you know, kind of campfire morales, and then in the morning get back to business. No, I think that's a like a a, a military thing, or used to be at least. Fact check. All right, fact check it. Okay, so, uh, Delon and his army have uh, just killed one white person. All right. Okay. Uh, and they're gaining steam. They gain as many as 200 slaves walking with them. Some people say 400. And it's already estimated 500. This dude got 500 slaves to walk down River Road. And they were about to hit Norco. And they were really close to gaining some real good steam and getting to New Orleans. It's now January 11th. And they get to Norco. And about 64 plantation owners and slave slavers and farmers are waiting with guns. And they're just waiting. Ooh. And they slaughter that day about 68 slaves. Just mow them down. Did any of the farmers get hurt? One farmer died. One? One farmer died. So they not only stopped them, they also, while the retreat happened, were able to just pick them off and then gather them up pretty much. Uh, They took 16. They took 16 to New Orleans to show, like, yo. Like dead bodies? No, no, no. Live. Uh, oh, wounders. No. Oh, not even wounded. Not even wounded. All right. To make an example out of. Yes. This is what happens when you revolt. And you don't win. Right. Charles. Charles was on his horse. Remember, he had. There were several like lieutenants and, that were on horses and stuff, like like a good army, and so they were able to get away. Several other slaves were able to get away. About. They estimated probably around like 200, maybe 300 were able to be rounded up and brought back to their owners. But then they also caught the rest of them. Some of them went to like run in the woods and died and they found their bodies. Um, They caught the lawn not long after, same day actually, after he ran. And that is where we'll take our second break. You son of a bitch. We were getting there. <laughs> LeBron's a piece of shit. Because no, of use w- that as the intro. Don't use back to the podcast. Because like, LeBron's a piece of shit. shit. So Charles Delon, again, sorry about that. Ah, uh, la 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 Delon. La 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 Delon, la 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 la. See, that's how you you help you help you help me remember yeah. last time. I appreciate it. That's why I do that. I appreciate. I also ruin a lot of songs for you. Not yeah, a you big do. Deal. You do. Okay. Sheldon Rankin. Sheldon Rankin. Somebody about me. Okay. Thanks, Beyonce. So Charles Delon, he is now captured uh, by 
the militia of men mm. who are the planters and plantation owners and farmers, the white armed men that were able to just squash this rebellion very quickly with good marksmanship, with better guns. They were able to get, you know, like cannons and stuff and stuff to just kind of mow. Probably this. weren't malnourished because yeah. these guys are like marching, marching for two days. All right. Uh, they knew it was, uh, they knew it was, uh, you know, carnival season, but uh, they didn't know that uh, their man, uh, Mr. Manuel Antri, he's going to write a letter to the governor. And that letter to the governor got to the governor Claiborne very quickly. Governor Claiborne was able to get his men down to New Orleans that he could scrounge up. And he was able to say in enough time, hey, we need you to get to this spot and stop them about 20 miles away from the center of New Orleans. Hey. Over there in Norco. Okay. Uh, there were some that were taken to a Destrahan plantation. This is where it really like came to a head at the Destrahan plantation. Uh, 14 were taken to a courtroom, makeshift courtroom at this plantation. That's this sounds like big, corrupt as shit. Yeah, big fucking houses. These are big fucking houses. Uh, so not including the 14 that were taken there, 18 were executed immediately. Uh, we have a jury of your peers. Yes. All 12 white people. Right. Uh, and they were. Uh, it was a panel of plantation owners. All of them, by chance, were found guilty. 14 of them. They were executed. You don't say. 16 were taken back to New Orleans. Remember I told you about them? Yes. Uh, they were also uh, tried. Tried twice. All 16 of those guys died. They had something that wasn't so great for Charles DeLon. Uh, they first uh, cut off his limbs. Ooh! Uh, then, you know, shot him, and then decapitated his head. So, these guys did research. Because you know who else that happened to? Who's that? William Wallace. Oh, and guess what else? They, for about 60 miles along the Mississippi River, they put the heads of these slaves on spikes. They definitely did their research because, well, obviously, Scotland, they, they put a body part of William Wallace in the four corners of the country. They even, so, like this, they... So it went past New Orleans down into the, like, Chalmette area. That's how long they put these heads of these slaves did they use them as like mile markers or something? Uh, they used them as don't try this well, again. Well, right, but I mean that is how many slaves that were killed. More than a hundred slaves that's were killed. Crazy. That is way more than Nat Turner even got to say, "Hey, come along with me." That is way more than um, John Brown said, "Hey, come along with me." True. Uh, and that was just the ones that were killed. Uh, hundreds more were able to return to their homes with the notification that it's going to get real. It's going to get real, real quick right? with new laws to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Dang. And Which, the crazy thing about John Brown is I think he did it around like 1859, 1860. Mm -hmm. So that was like 50 years later. Yes. And you would think that if he, well, maybe he didn't have a clue what happened. He had no clue probably. 
So, I mean, because there was this rhetoric in the South. If you remember the history classes, they would tell you, our slaves are happy. We have happy slaves. And so if they were to find out the rest of the world, if they were to find out that this uh, group of almost 500 slaves were about to march on New Orleans to take it over. They just said, why don't we get our own crew together? Right. They're going to say, uh, well, these don't look like happy slaves to us. Right. These look like people who want their freedom. Yeah. But they weren't treated as such. They were treated as, you know, less than. Dang. But could you imagine the the riverbank just bloop, 60 miles, man? It would creep the... I mean, if I... If I didn't know what happened, like with and body we're just, parts, you know, yeah, body parts. Like yeah, like I'm, oh yeah, I'm a nice little uh, riverboat captain bringing some goods down to New Orleans, and all of a sudden, when I hit Norco, there's just heads on stakes. Like, should I turn around or should I even come to this place? Am I gonna come out here alive? Like, what's going on? Right. That's crazy. There's no significant. Uh, marker of this event even in louisiana even in norco desperhan uh rivertown kind of too is where this may have there's also nothing in the there's nothing nothing anywhere oh. that talks about this in the history come books. on people you need to do something right i mean it's the been largest years. uprising in american history yeah and we didn't even know that we lived here didn't even know about it we need to start tagging people from like Norco and yeah, just find them and the send mayor. them. We should go old school, go through a phone book and just call them you, and you, tell them the story. You had some ideas about revolts. You had like the major one point of a revolt was the one thing you got to do with a revolt. Kill everybody. Yeah. It sounds terrible. It does. But if you're in a terrible situation and you're trying to get out of it, and people you know are in a terrible situation and you want to gain some ground and not get the word spread, mm-hmm. you kill the people who you're revolting against. And then you grow numbers. Eventually, people are going to find out. But by the time they find out, you should have a pretty strong number of people with you. Mm-hmm. So that's my take on it. But, you know, we can sit here and say whatever we want to say. We weren't there 200 years ago. It couldn't. It may not have been that easy. Um, but they were unsuccessful, uh, obviously. But you know, New Orleans could have been a much different place had this happened. It's not like it could not not have happened. I mean, this is 1811. So if he would have gained maybe even 500 more, I think it might be easy to overthrow an entire region or area. It would have been easier for him. If there were multiple ways to cross the Mississippi at that time. Yeah. He could have got a lot more following if he could have moved quicker and longer during the days. But that just wasn't the case. Yeah. I don't I can't like picture in my head if Dalemans is on the east or west bank of the river. But you said Norco, so that's on the other side. Mm-hmm. So how are you getting across, you know? Yeah. But he was on the uh, east bank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still a long way. That's a long way to walk. That's yeah. not easy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, Des Almonds is on the west side, but that's how much like area that right German company 
settled it. Yes. They went north of New Orleans because that was already the French's place. That's that's where the French are at. Us Germans got this place right here. Crazy. Diane Kruger. Yeah. Smoking. <laughs> You're disgusting. What? You put it away. She's a beautiful woman. I'm sorry. Put it away. I did. Ugh. This has nothing to do with Mrs. Biff. This was way. <laughs> this was high school me. <laughs> Diane Kruger, we love you. Yeah. We love you so much. Everyone has a first Ask the love. Brackish podcast. Yes, yes. That uh, was a great story. I, I like that we're informing the people of the surrounding New Orleans. Surrounding, let's just call it surrounding Lake Pontchartrain area. This was their ultimate goal, my friend. Just like us, let's be honest. You know, we're two Norcho boys who love the city of New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Starting a revolt. Yeah. We- that's what we are. Uh, and that's where Charles was headed with his band of uprising heroes to come to New Orleans and set everybody free that lived here at that time. Uh, however, stop short. Yeah. Yes. It's unfortunate. Yeah. That was a lot quicker than uh, recently. Yeah. Very true. I hope you're okay with that. I'm, I'm very good with it. I heard, you know, the people like, oh, we want to drive a little longer. You know, oh, 45 minutes, that sounds great. I've got an hour-long drive. Or they'll be like, if it's an hour 30, that's good. I can listen to it to and from work. That's what I've been told. That's what I've been told. Yeah, good. And so, you know, that's what the people say. We like people. Yes, like the Eaches of Baton Rouge. Who do you want to give a shout-out to that you know is listening? In Baton Rouge? No, anywhere. Like your mom and your dad. Shout-out. Yeah. Yeah, mama. Yeah, yeah, mama, daddy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said sorry, mom, a bunch of times during this podcast. Yeah. But not this time. No. I'm going to shout won't... out to both my sisters. That's true. I think they listen. I know my younger sister listens. Yes, for sure. I think uh, Casper Tim's on boat. Yeah, he heard, spread the He word. heard himself. He told me. He's like, I didn't have to tell him. He heard himself. So good that's for good. him. Yeah. He had no idea at the time. Uh-oh. No, and um, we're going to keep doing what we do. If you're going to hate, hate. Don't listen. You don't have to listen. I don't think anybody's hating right now. Man. We'd like you to listen. Yeah. yeah. We're having a good time, and we're not going to stop, regardless of whatever. We're just going to keep going. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Why would you stop something of a beautiful train that I saw a rainbow yesterday? I don't know if I told you this. And I'm colorblind, right? And so when I saw said rainbow, rainbows don't look like cool rainbows that y'all see. It just looks like two colors. To you? To me. Yes. But when I saw this rainbow, it looked like three colors. Whoa. It's been the Brackish Podcast. It's like three colors, like. Is he high right now? No, that's why I said it. That's why I said it. I was going to say four, but I was like, it was more like three. And I thought even then, like, wow, that's really cool. I ain't never seen I Rainbow. Was, so when you say that, because mm-hmm. this music ended? Oh, yeah. wait, no, we uh, we already played enough. I would say you could have a song with like a with the, with the word miracle in it. <laughs> miracle? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What song with miracle? 
All I need is a mirror. Yeah, that's like a mechanic. That's yeah. my first one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I'm still talking into this. Yeah, you are. Is it recording still? It is. Oh, good. Let's talk about Mike and the Mechanics. Okay. <laughs> this will right. be an after podcast after after dark. Sure, sure. I think one of the most underrated. Now, they didn't have a lot of hits. But when they had a hit. Yeah. I mean, it was up there. Like, um, Living Years. No, it was good. Say Oh man, the the getting the choir in it. Oh, I'm gonna tell you if you can, if you're a musician and you got somehow to bring a choir in. Oh, you're right. I mean, you're killing it. Think you're right. of um, oh. Can we go back? Have a moment. Oh yeah. Can I put my hands on like the civic dude? And then they bring in the oh yeah. You gotta bring yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. If you can bring a choir in, yeah. If you here's my ultimate. Kurt Franklin made a career off of bringing a choir. Do you want a revolution? We gotta use that. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. But see, that's the deal. Like, if I had one one hit wonder, yeah, it would include choir. Yeah. And just an ultimate amount of overhead all right claps. see i've got one yeah i want I've got one in my claps. head like ready okay you're right. it's like it's like you hear the choir it's like oh 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 and then you get the claps oh yeah yeah okay you gotta hit those whoa quick Okay. Well, it's just I'm processing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, then you come it's in with good. something. You come in. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm processing. Yeah. I feel like I, if I could just sit in front of a choir and be like, okay, y'all listen to what I'm saying and then make it happen. Yeah. I think we could. I think we could make some jams quickly like. Kirk Franklin like. So there's a song I want you to listen to. Okay. And I know you don't really like hard rock. Oh, but this is no, no, no. metal rock is terrible. No, you listen dude, to it symphonic. constantly. No. Oh my gosh, dude, symphonic, symphonic, okay, symphonic well, metal, right. dude. Just listen to this one song. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's yeah, a you know, genre. See, no, you is see, that, that's you, a genre. No, you're shitting on me right now. No, but, is symphonic metal a genre? Yeah, so this has started. This is like a big so it's thing. like trap music. It's a big thing in Europe. No, no, mm. like it's a genre. Like trap music is a yes, genre. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Like symphonic metal. Like there's a piano player uh-huh. who has well keyboards. Yeah. And they sound like he can make it sound like strings. Okay. Trump like trumpets, any brass section. Yeah. It's nuts. That's cool. So if you've heard people who if we actually do post this anywhere. Um maybe. Metallica in the year two thousand did <laughs> they did a concert with the San Francisco Orchestra. And it was called Metallica S and M, San Francisco Metallica. Okay, great. I mean, I never thought of like it opened my. That's I think that's why I like it. I don't know why. Okay, I can see that. It was Metallica, that. and then they brought in like. <laughs> it was. What? Go watch the. I'm telling you, people, YouTube Metallica like Master of Puppets, Fuel, Inner Sandman, whatever, like with the orchestra. 
it's fantastic. So anyway, I don't know. I think that's where I started liking it. I'm just I'm not blaming on Metallica. I think it's a good thing. You are like the what's that damn <laughs> Christmas band that travels? Witness? N- no. <laughs> The hard rock Christmas that's like dun 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 dun. dun. Oh, Trans Siberian. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, but they don't have any words. Right. That's this why is not it's... word. This is word. This is like words with song. Okay. Right? With so that. this isn't just like you're sitting there watching a. Oh, symphony. so it's like Gone with November, but no, not Wyclef. No, that's what I'm saying. Wyclef. <laughs> Remember when he brought that orchestra in? Gone till November. Oh, what did I say? Gone, gone with November. Oh, shoot. That was my favorite jam back in the day. I'll be gone till November. <laughs> Like, remember when he got that orchestra? Yeah. Every time I pick up a girl, you turn around and cry. Yeah, it's a, I mean, yeah. That was my orchestra eye-opening You got to expand your, I mean, you expand it. I know that I don't like Mrs. Metal. Biff hates it, for Oh, sure. gosh. Okay, so I understand <laughs> that I would, too. Yeah. So it's not like I haven't dipped but my toe. But it's really not like this song, the, well, the symphonic. Song t- the song I'm telling you about is not really that crazy. The sim. Okay, okay. It's like, like, percussion. So what's your in the lead what's Metallica singer, song? No, no, this is a band in from Finland. <laughs> what are they called again? They're called Nightwish. Oh, you haven't told me about them. No, because you were shitting on me for five minutes. <laughs> I was going to tell you five minutes ago. <laughs> But all I got was diarrhea in my mouth. Okay, sorry. So, yeah. L- woman lead singer who's got like opera, falsetto, high, high, high voice. And they do this rendition, like they do this song on the album. It's like nine minutes long. I think it's nine or ten minutes long. But it's like, it's like watching an orchestra, but then they have like, song it's hard to explain i think i just need to listen to it off air and see if you enjoy no i think you've explained it well it's not your average run-of-the-mill cup of no there's not like yeah yeah it was the band is not called dead it was a lady it's yeah it was a lady singing in operatic tone yeah for some reason i'm on this kick of like women lead singers yeah really good like well i think because when you get women lead singers of whatever it is there's no well most of them not in America. Some of in America, there's no auto tune. Like if you yeah, get like a woman right. of a band, there's no auto tune. Like all the pop singers, it's different. They do different shit. But yeah. for the most part, like I think Drake. Band, yeah, because of bands. Don't stop, Megan. Yeah, we're not. This isn't Kesha. You know. You know what I find amazing is that I enjoy K-pop. I don't even know what they're saying. Don't even. I have no clue what they're saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh. Isn't it lovely? It's just joyful to hear. Like sometimes you're like, yeah. I don't even know what it means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're very sorry if anyone's offended well, by but that. Gangnam Style. <laughs> yeah, but, I know Gangnam Style. That's it. Gangnam Style. But it's so good. K-pop is so good. It makes me just want to dance. And hey, sexy lady. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, BTS. See, I know yeah, my shit. BTS, yeah. and I saw them on Saturday Night Live last year, and I was like, "These guys, these guys got it going on." Uh, Is Boys to Men a boy band? For sure. I think they were a man band. They were already men. 
I don't know, man. How much they were like twenty something. They were the boys, yeah. and then they went to men. Yeah, for sure. All right, so. I mean, they went to the end of the road. Oh, big K-pop girl. It popped in my head. Her name is Hyuna. Okay. H y u n a. Hyuna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. That's the only one I remember. It just popped in my head. Oh, you were talking about what ifs. Yes. Like what if, like nostalgia. Is it nostalgia or is it good? Mm-hmm. I need to say that into the mic because I was waving it. Is it nostalgia or is it good? The Beatles. Good. You're not going to ever take me away from them, guys. Jesus. Never. Never. Tell me tell me why they're good. No, because they always were so simple uh, and on their own. Think about a band that, where the drummer and the guitar had their own single career, like own hits, their own songs, right? Not just talking about McCartney and Lennon, but Ringo and... Uh, George Harrison also had their just own perfect solo careers. Yeah, Ringo has such a like white man dance when he sings his songs. Yes. Have you ever seen it? I've uh, never seen him dance. Yeah, it's crazy. So what are, it's are just you the, saying? Nostalgic? It's just the you back and nostalgic? forth. Like, I'm saying that. Maybe I just don't like the Beatles music. Oh, that would be okay. I just don't. I feel like. It, this look, I didn't live that time. I'd love for someone to come on here who lived like while who's living. I mean, I'm there should be people alive when they who were lived dead. 20 years ago <laughs> and could have saw the boss. Which oh. one of you whippersnappers? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, my whole thing, and please, you can crap on me however you want to. I don't, I don't crap, think. you know what? There's gonna be a segment called Crap on Cliff, okay? Because who was their competition? This is my only thing is, were they so big because who was going to, who, like, for instance, hear me out. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. Okay. Who would they have? NSYNC. NSYNC, yeah. Britney Spears. Uh-huh. She came out. Everybody's like, right. boom, she's on it. Right. Here comes Christina Aguilera. And then, boom, curveball. Here comes Jessica Simpson. Correct. Maybe so, more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm missing you like candy. Yeah. So... Who was the other like they the did, Rolling Stones, the monkeys, that's the it. turtles? Hey, hey, with the monkeys. The dubs, all, all, these, all these bands that do not even hold a candle to the Beatles. I don't know if the Rolling Stones were a rival of the Beatles. They were. They tell people you're either a Stones fan or you're a Beatles fan. That's what they say. Well, I'm neither, so that's cool. Oh, you're not even a Stones fan? No, I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, it's cool. The thing is, I don't mind. I think I've heard it so much that I just don't care to see it live. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I feel but like you're never going to see the Beatles live. So, well, they could be. Well, no, is it a trio or a duo? It was a. <laughs> is it duo the right? It was a quartet. <laughs> no, I understand that, but duo. obviously, Leno is not Leno. Lennon is not alive. <laughs> so yeah. No, Harrison is dead. Oh, that's right. And uh, John Lennon is dead. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. So. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, people like their own stuff. That's the best part about this is the best part. Yes. About 
freedom, LeBron, is that you can you Mix have the freedom up. to listen whatever you want to. And this is the this is the thing. I don't know if we talked about this. So I go we you know, Miss Biff and I go to the Czech Republic, okay? Yeah. And we're sitting in like this is every night. Like we'll either either we um went to dinner <coughs> or during the day at lunch we'll be sitting and you'd hear music playing at the cafes. Well it's not Czech music. It's like Lionel Richie. It's Beatles. It's I didn't hear in his eighties. I didn't hear anything past eighties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is strange to me. Cause I'm like, this is odd, you know, 2019, blah, blah. And then for anyone, if you find a, a museum of communism anywhere, go, because if you want to know why things <laughs> like how screwed up communism is, go see that. Cause we went to the Czech Republic museum of communism absurd these people didn't have freedom until 1989 okay so when i say like and then mrs biff she's way smarter than me and i was like man why is this line is this weird to you like we're here in like 80s lionel richie and all this stuff and she goes well if you think about it i mean they probably were told what to listen to up to 1989 yeah. So it's only been 29 years, 30 years. Right. That they've gotten acclimated to all this music that they never heard. They were like, the, in 89, they were like dusting off their like. Yeah. Isn't uh, that crazy? It was the 1950s. You know, like. Probably like freaking Louis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were dusting off their music. jazz yeah. record. It's like, oh, who is this Duke Ellington? Yeah. I'm saying <laughs> it's nuts. Like, if you, oh, if people, shit. I'm serious, if you think, if yeah. you listen to people who are trying to run for president now that are saying, like, we want more government-controlled stuff, you don't. You really don't. Right. These people, I'm, I encourage you to go to a communism museum. Not to say that we're not turning into a communist country if somebody That's what you elected. sound like. You sound like, yeah. Well, it's going to go that route if people, communist. you just. Communist country. You don't want the government controlling you. Right. Come this country. If you want the government controlling you, feel free to take your ass to China. And then you can report back to us, if they allow you to. LeBron. In five years. This is what you're saying? Let me know how it works. Yeah. He would get so much money if he moved to China. Come on. I'm not talking about LeBron. He's already made his money. Oh, you're talking he, about he just go there with people. a freaking entree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, like he was just walking around collecting money, like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Just, was just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like Mario jumping for coin, hitting. Br- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's a little brackish podcast tidbit. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want the government taking over. Don't want communism. No, it's awful. I encourage, seriously, it is a eye-opener. So you think your best form of government is? I don't know. Give me multiple choice. No, I would just say, <laughs> is it democracy or not? Jeez. Yeah, democracy. Okay. For sure. Okay, Jesus. jeez. Well, I didn't know if you were going to try yeah. to be like, A. No, you, no, you no. Yeah, I was, yeah. No, I was saying all, <laughs> all you know. Girl, I want Government. All. No. Yeah, okay. Who, no, you, sh- I was worried about you. I was like, no, is he going to say? No, democracy all the way. Is he going to say oligarchy? <laughs> you just say Olive Garden? 
Whatever. Are we out of time? <laughs> no, no, we're good. We got about I didn't know four. if you had to leave. It's 10 o'clock. Oh, it's 10 o'clock? Yeah. Uh, probably so. <laughs> probably so. All right. Well, this has been an extra. Yeah, we're not going to call it After Dark. There's already call, There's already podcasts called Podcasts After uh, Dark. In the Twilight. Ooh. What's in, like a good... What's like a good like... Under the Shade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My brain is rolling because I'm trying to think of like you know like when, right. you know like people you have camps on the water. Uh-huh. Like yeah, you, yeah. I think Twilight. Totally. I think Twilight's a good one. Right. Like I'm, Brackish Twilight or yo, I like that. Yeah, or something like that. Right. Yeah. I wasn't saying you're. No, when you said it, I was like, okay, what can we we can work? Let's work. Yeah. And my yeah. brain was rolling. I wasn't like, okay, that was fucking stupid. No, I thought you were like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's brilliant. Like, brilliant. No, I, I no, I think yeah, I think Brackish twi- Twilight. Dude, the Twilight's good. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I'm just trying to think of like people. Maybe this we is should Brackish sing, Twilight. Should we? Let's consult Casper Tim. Okay. Yeah. He probably knows a lot of like. I can consult my older brother too. Yeah. People on the water. People who like live on like. Yeah. If you live near close to the water, like what would you describe like at night on a lake? I'm thinking like lake pond, you know, like when the mm. when the moon is hitting that water. Mm. I think the twilight's the best part. I just don't want to get all Brackish cheesy. Moonlight, moonlight and twilight. Yeah, see, twilight. You know, you have the movie series. We don't want to get all copyrighted and shit. We're called Brackish Twilight, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way we can like you know get into vampire fans. Oh, do you mean Jacques? Yo, if he's listening, I hope he's listening. Come. Come by. I mean, stake us out, man. We'll talk to you. I mean, Jock, we can't hold you, Jock. No, we can't. We'd love to. (laughs) We'd love to see you, man. Esplanade. Please. What if, like, we heard that and then the next time we did it, the guy was like, some guy just sat there and watched. Well, some lady did say, she came and, like, y'all got a cigarette? And we were like, no. That was Jacques. That was Jacques. Yeah, that was Jacques. Anyway. That, he was doing his reconnaissance mission right there. All right. Yeah, well, that was one of his minions. Ooh. Do you guys have that was fuck. That was code. We didn't answer the code right. Damn it. She asked if we had a cigarette. We should have said yes. I think oh. the next one we should do one like right before Halloween and call it the Bookish. Okay. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. Bookish Bookist. Bookish Pookast. Bookish Pookast. All right. Bookish Bookast. I don't know. Oh, that's just pretty sounds good. like we want some boo. Bookish boo cast. I like that one. All right. We're going to call this one Braggish Twilight, but we'll call that other one Bookish. And I think, you know, if we, we're going to try to find a New Orleans Halloween uh, story, we should try to find a Halloween story, like a creepy, like voodoo ish. If we can't find a good one or like something like, I mean, I know there's some like voodoo stuff, but maybe we can just go out the box and. Going yeah. like around here. Or something. No, we need to find a f- freaking scary one. A f- one that scares the pants off you. All if right. Onion Head was scary, I wish Onion Head was scarier. That would be a great one. All right. We got to wrap this up. All right. We're losing time. All right. All right. Remember, wrap it up, people. <laughs>